Welcome to the Tribe Archipelago podcast. Interviews and inspiration for photographers. Whatever you're doing right now, whether it's editing your recent session, headed out for a shoot, or just hanging out at your favorite coffee spot, we're glad you're here. Thanks for joining us today. On behalf of Tribe Archipelago, I'm your host, Sean Morton. Today, I'll be speaking with Paul Ziska. Paul Ziska is an award-winning mountain adventure and landscape photographer based in Banff, Alberta. His work has been featured in National Geographic, Photolife, The Guardian, Traveler, Climbing Magazine, and many more. He is one of the co-founders of the Offbeat Photo Community, providing online resources and workshops around the world. He is an adventurer first and foremost, and explored all seven continents, walked across Iceland twice, and is known for the most epic selfies ever. An inspiring photographer, his mission and hope is that his photography can help reconnect us with the natural wonders of the world. So let's get started. My interview with Paul Ziska. Okay, Paul, thank you for being on the podcast today. Thanks so much for having me, Sean. Pleasure to be here. Good stuff. Yeah, we're really excited to have you. Listen, Paul, I've personally been a, a big fan of your work for, for quite some time. I, I, you know, I, I love watching all the wild places that you go to. Uh, I got to ask, are you, are you an, an adventurer first? Is that, for you, is that more of a priority than, than being a photographer? That's a great question. I like to think that uh, I'm an adventurer first. Yeah, I think... Um, I think it's best to always prioritize the experience uh, above all else. I, I kind of see the photos as a uh, as a welcome byproduct if I can get them. Uh, but otherwise, I find if I always put the experience uh, ahead of the photography, then uh, I sort of win every time. Even if I go home with nothing on the photo side of things, then uh, I've still had a good time out there. Yeah, for sure, because you're you're going to some absolutely stunning and, and mind-blowing places, and I'm sure just, like you said, the experience of being there is probably a, a, you know, a great souvenir in itself, right? Exactly, and I think it'd be such a shame to go home uh, with, uh, you know, sort of a disappointment, go home disappointed just because you didn't get the images you're hoping for. If you get one chance of your life to go to a beautiful place, um, you got to go home with a positive experience, no matter what. Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of us, especially in this day and age, we we see something beautiful, and whoosh, the camera goes up to our face, and we're we're you know trying to record that moment on our phone or camera, or whatever. And I think it's uh, important, uh, like you say, to take it in, take in the experience, uh, you know, and, and uh, just appreciate it for for the the gift that it is. So yeah, that's cool. I couldn't agree more. I'm very, I'm definitely guilty of that, uh, um, <laughs> of just seeing the scene through the viewfinder as yeah. opposed to appreciating it with my own eyes. And uh, I try to be a bit more mindful of making it part of my workflow to just put the camera down and yeah. uh, and just take a couple minutes to take it in. Yeah, good stuff. Listen, um, I, I know you grew up in Quebec and, and you moved to Banff. Uh, so... Um, I think at one point I read somewhere you said it was the mountains that inspired you 
to begin your your adventures with photography. Uh, but what was it that drew you to the mountains? Because Quebec is, I mean, Quebec has mountains. They're they're older, they're smaller. But but what was it about the mountains that uh, that drew you? It seems to be just sort of a rite of passage. Uh, a lot of people from out east, as you know, uh, from Quebec or Ontario, uh, when they reach the age where they can sort of take off without mom and dad, that's just what people do. You just go check out the mountains. Maybe you've yeah. heard stories from, you know, older members of your family and adventures they've had there. And it's just the thing to do. Uh, for me, it was just, yeah, it just felt natural to go see uh, what the rest of the country looked like a little bit when I was able to. And uh, I was just, uh, yeah, and, and so it was sort of guided by a sense of curiosity. And then uh, it's sort of the, the natural beauty and the opportunities for adventure that, that kept me here. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's, it's stunning out there. I, I don't blame you for, for sticking around. So, um, Listen, uh, when we look through your portfolio, I think, you know, saying epic uh, would probably be an understatement sometimes. You know, I think a lot of people look at your work and we, we live vicariously through some of these images that you're going to, these wild places. Uh, but, you know, getting there uh, and getting the shots, not always the easiest thing, right? So talk to us a little bit about the planning that you do uh, when you're going into creating some of these really epic images from, you know, anything from, from choosing the locations to sort of, you know, the execution of them. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, typically, if I'm not, if it's my first time going somewhere, um, uh, what I like to do is just kind of try to stack the odds on my side and try to reunite the elements that I feel can lead to something, something good in the end, something uh, compelling, something I'm happy with. So typically, in terms of choosing locations, I'm I'm always drawn to typically uh, remoteness, rugged places. If I can find a place that's that's wild and it's got uh, some interesting terrain, uh, then I know that I've got, you know, the good, I've got good ingredients that, that will get me fired up creatively. And uh, more often than not, something comes out of it creatively that I'm happy with. Um, I, I sometimes, um, you know, I, I do find inspiration in what... Um, what others have created at a spot before. I spent yeah. a little bit of time looking at images. Um, just a lot of the time is to get a feel for, uh, you know, the lay of the land and looking for a way to keep things a bit more efficient in the field. Um, I don't want to go to a place sort of tunnel visioned into getting a certain image. I think it's nice to be open-minded as a, as a landscape nature photographer, but yeah. I think it's kind of nice to know, uh, a little bit what to expect when your time is somewhat limited in those places. And, uh, yeah, so I, I typically spend a lot of time looking at maps. Um, yeah. that's a big part of it for me. Uh, I just love maps in general. I can just get lost in them for a long <laughs> time. Um, but, um, I find that it's amazing to have those tools at our disposal now that, um, you know, they don't, in a, in, in a way, I think they don't get in the way of the experience. Yeah, they give you a feel of the place with that, you know, before you go there. It's not 100% surprise when you show up. But at the same time, it's nice to have an idea, just an, a feel for possibilities, creative possibilities before showing up. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And, and it's true. We are lucky now, uh, you know, I, I can remember in the early days uh, without the Internet, uh, 
just wouldn't be possible to research the, uh, the way we can now with Google Maps and you know being able to zoom in and even you know pick a pick a line of approach uh, without you know setting foot on the ground kind of thing. So yeah, that's that's uh, that's pretty cool. So uh, actually, on the same subject, so um, talk to me a little bit about gear. So you probably get asked that a lot about camera gear and stuff. But when you're out, um, you know, in, into maybe some really remote places, what are some non-photography uh sort of essential things that that you really always uh travel with that's a great question i i usually um you know safety safety above all else really um i i do want to come home like everyone uh some of those places um require a specific set of gear you know traveling around uh, traveling around ice and glaciers or, yeah. or in, in steeper mountain environment and all that. But uh, usually things I have with me at all times is a uh, um, couple light sources, reliable yeah. light sources. I work at night a lot. Yeah. And then uh, I always have uh, the satellite device so that if something, if something should happen, I'm able to, um, I'm able to launch. Uh, I've got some sort of plan as far as rescue goes, if anything goes sideways. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of the places that offer, uh, a lot photography wise, you know, they're rugged, they're, yeah. uh, they, they're usually, uh, vulnerable to pretty wild weather. And so you're kind of asking for trouble just being a landscape photographer sometimes. Yeah. So it's kind of, kind of nice to have, uh, always have that reliable connection to the outside world, even if you're in remote places. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that sort of satellite device always comes with me. Cool. Cool. Is there any particular uh, devices that that you'd recommend people like you know, uh, you know, like solar chargers and things like that uh, that that you find have been really really handy for you, or or you probably talk about headlamps and things like that, right? Like, uh, is there any ones that are your like your go to kind of uh, kind of items? Yeah, for sure. I I have uh, as far as headlamps go, I'll use uh, Lupine products. They're mostly they're bigger better known in Europe. Uh, you okay. start to see more and more and more in North America. Uh, they're very versatile headlamps, um, very powerful. Um, mine comes with, you know, battery pack that I can use to charge, say the phone or other devices. So it mm. kind of doubles up as a charger, very handy that way. A uh, variety of, you know, when you like to play with light and get creative with light, uh, it's nice to have, uh, your sort of different, um, different power levels on the headlamp, different shapes as far as the, the beam goes. Right. Uh, it, can, it can be activated remotely as well, you know, with Bluetooth. So you can get, you can get some, um, which opens up some creative possibilities as well. So for headlamps, that those are the ones that I currently use. Uh, I use Goal, C, Goal Zero products quite a bit as far yeah. as solar, yeah, solar panels go. Uh, for those trips where there's just... Uh, yeah, the, those trips are just too long to rely on uh, power outlets. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. It's amazing what's being done uh, in in terms of solar panel panels these days. So uh, yeah, very portable, very efficient. So usually, if I go yeah, if I go into the backcountry uh, for you know three plus days, usually I'll have at least one small solar panel with me. Cool. Do you, uh, what's your backup process look like for images when you're out, uh, you know, for these long trips? Are you, uh, do you have, do you have any sort of backup system for, for your images at the end of the day? Uh, I use 
you know, I shoot on both cards, yeah. uh, you know, dual slots. And then um, I usually have a hyperdrive or something like that, something that will allow me to back up in the field okay. um, fair, fairly easily, especially for those longer trips, especially if I'm shooting for a client, which I don't do much anymore. But yeah, um, yeah it's nice to back up that way. Otherwise, I found um, I rely on online backups every chance that that I get. Uh, but if I'm yeah, if I'm just removed from the cyber world yeah. and I don't have a connection, uh, then usually I'll have a small drive with me um, that's that's built for that. That's rugged and can handle uh, you know a fair bit of just moving around in the pack or whatever. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah. So. One thing that I really admire that I that I saw you said once uh, was that it's it's kind of your mission or your hope that the work you're you're going to do is is inspiring people that it's going to remind them uh, of the precious connection that we have with nature. So I really thought that was a, a great great thought. And you know, as as we're kind of moving uh, into a new epic, really, uh, we're really shaping, uh, you know. The, the planets uh how important do you think that message is and and uh how much hope do you have that you know you think as humans will make the right decision to preserve these places for future generations oh that's that's a yeah that's a really interesting question it's something that's been on my mind a lot um for sure and, and i think um you know i i think Part of it is, and I've seen it just leading trips in the backcountry and doing workshops, and it's it's amazing to it's amazing to witness that when when people um, through immersion, that's when people really start to care about a place, yeah. um, and and want to really um, put in the work to preserve it for future generations. Um, I, I find that well, overall, I, I just feel like the world would probably be a better place if people had a better, stronger overall connection with the natural world. It's unfortunate we all we all kind of come from that originally, and now it's amazing how urban we've become. Oh yeah, um, you know, as a society, uh, and you know, I think it's something that when when life gets busy, it's something that people you know le you know ditch pretty quickly is that that time spent in nature there's no time for that because uh you know our society prioritizes over other things over uh time spent in the wilderness but yes. um but it's amazing because you know through the through the the workshops and the teaching it's it's been amazing to witness the transformation in people you take the most urban people and to see them yeah after a week in the middle of nowhere just start to get comfortable again about you know uh, with the idea of spending, you know, uh, spending some time on the lake shore under the stars, and uh, you see sort of those, those, more or less, you know, unfounded concerns sort of fall away, yeah. and you see people, yeah, uh, sort of rekindle that appreciation for the natural environment. Um, you know, I think as far as you know, hope for the long-term sustainability of the planet. Um, yeah, that's a that's a tough one. Yeah. I think you know, for for me, it's um, I, I I know how much I've gained from uh, immersing myself in the natural environment, and uh, I I I feel like the best thing I can do at the moment is just try to facilitate that for others as well. Yeah, well, and you're doing it. I think you know, like through through the work and and presenting 
these wild places to the world, you're hopefully, I know personally, I can say you're, you know, uh, igniting that, that passion and that, uh, that desire to, to preserve and, and to connect with and just how important these places are. So, so yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, Thank you. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, so <laughs> you, you've been all over, like you've been on all seven continents uh, you've you've explored all you know all these hidden and wild places in the in the planet. What what's next for you? Um, where do you see your photography going? Uh, is there any sort of new directions you want to take things in, or or what's what's down the road for for you? Um, what's next? Um, I I quite like the current direction. To be honest, I I like the blend of. Um, trying to help people rekindle their creativity with their creativity, uh, rediscover uh, the power of time in the wild, time spent in the wild. Uh, so I like having a balance of that and then a balance of just doing the same, but just on my own and uh, sort of chasing remoteness and ruggedness wherever, wherever I can find it. And uh, hopefully bringing some of that uh, you know, to people who may not get the chance to visit those places. And so um, a big, uh, sorry, an an important subject for me at the moment is just uh, ice, actually. I love, I love ice. I love, I love, I love the variety. I love how, uh, you know, it's, um, there's so much beauty in it. I just love how it does take you to remote places, to high places. Yeah. Uh, for me, it all it all really ties in together. So one of my next projects, it will probably be to try to document ice all over the place under all its forms, uh, the wide scale, the macro scale. Hmm. Um, so that'll be one of the next projects. We're just putting that together now. But cool. um, yeah, so probably more time spent in, you know, sort of cold places, high latitudes. And uh, um, yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Uh, tell us about who inspires you. Maybe, you know, someone not even necessarily from the world of photography, but, but where do you find your inspiration? For me, a lot of the time spent out there is, um, it's very, it's very tied to trying to retain that sense of curiosity and, and being that little kid again, and just seeing what's around the corner. And it's, it's, uh, a feeling that is, um, so quickly lost i think when you get busy you lose your sense of curiosity very quickly within a week or two weeks and then but then i think living in a place like this and just forcing yourself to go out there just gets you back in touch with uh that sort of inner child and for me a lot of the inspiration just comes from picking a drainage of the highway and just Hmm. following it up and seeing what i can find Uh, i do find a lot of um i do find a lot of inspiration in, in what fellow photographers do. I mean, we have an amazing photo community here yeah. um, within Canada, just so many talented photographers. There's, there's countless photographers that I, I find inspiration from, but I really like people, I really admire people who, who just go out there and are confident in what they do. And they don't, they, they shoot whatever gets them fired up creatively yeah. and more or less disregard public opinion. I think, you know, we... You know, we, we're in a, we're in an age of photography where people pay so much attention to what other people are doing or other people think of what they do. Yeah. And when I, f- I find it really stands out to me when I see someone who just shows, goes out there, shows the confidence and says, 
you know what? This is what I like to do. This is what gets me excited. If you like it, great. And if you don't, that's fine. Because yeah. I'm, 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 I'm just, uh, you know, I'm going for it regardless. And that really inspires me when people show that kind of confidence, especially in this day and age in photography. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, that's, that's a good answer for sure. Cool. Um, Listen, Paul, this has been a, a great chat. It's It's been fun kind of getting inside your head and, and seeing uh, some of what inspires you and, and, and how you do your work. So I uh, just want to thank you for taking the time today and having this chat with us on the podcast. I'm very thankful for the opportunity, Sean. Thanks so much. Okay. Cheers, Paul. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening today. Please subscribe and let us know what you love about the podcast by leaving us a review on iTunes. If you'd like to find out more about Paul Ziska, please check out the links in the show notes at tribearchipelago.com slash podcasts. Thanks again. Until next time.